Hey, After Buzzers, before we move on to your next topic, we just want to say thanks to our sponsor, Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. Plus, there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Also, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. Plus, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, and it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started. You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. From the AfterBuzz studios in Los Angeles, California, presented by Maria Menounos and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies, this is AfterBuzz TV's Survivor After Show. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest news and gossip. And now, another post-game wrap-up show for your favorite TV show. It's AfterBuzz TV's Survivor After Show. <laughs> All right, everybody, uh, <laughs> time for another Survivor recap here at AfterBuzz TV. I'm your host, Jerry Manthe, and I am here all by my lonesome. I got to tell you, this is really strange. First of all, to watch the show without Justin screaming and yelling and jumping up and down and, and like being a total freak. But now there's nobody here. <laughs> it's the strangest thing ever. So I want to say hi to Justin. He is out traveling the world in all the various places that Survivor has actually aired. He's kind of um, living out his dream more or less without starving. And I'm sure he's staying in some really nice hotels. Um, and Ryan, Ryan, uh, hi to you. I miss you too, man. This is just freakish. <laughs> I hope I can keep you guys entertained all by myself. Because let me tell you. This was an amazing episode. I was literally jumping up and down and screaming like Justin for most of it. Um, it kind of switched, uh, switched, switched gears because it's been the Tony show week after week after week. And this week, it was the Tony and Cass show with a little ec- extra entertainment from Wu. Um, it was a really good episode. It was called Havoc to Reek, which was a soundbite made by Tasha. And unfortunately, that was kind of her last soundbite, uh, getting to that in a little bit. But uh, I just thought it was very interesting at the top of the episode. Um, right away, Tony was labeled the Mafia King. And later in the episode, he was also referred to as the Jersey-style Russell Hance. So that being said... Um, I thought it was a, a very interesting insight into Tony's relationship with Cass. Now, Cass has already labeled herself Chaos Cass. And I think in this episode, she really gave it to Tony. A lot of chaos was created by her. Um, I don't know what you guys thought out there, but the entire time I was watching her, I kept thinking, what are you doing? Like, seriously, what are you doing? Why are you trying to get yourself voted out of this game? It was the strangest dynamic between Tony and Cass. They were at each other's throat from the very get-go and pretty much throughout the entire episode all the way to Tribal Council. It was, it was bizarre to me. I was pretty sure that Cass was going home, and surprise, she didn't. Um, 
I, I think uh, from what I could tell, uh, Tony obviously was talking about Cass. And it, I really do want to get a chance to talk to Cass and Tony about this in person on the red carpet later. But it was interesting because we all witnessed on the show Tony sitting around the fire with Spencer and Wu and clearly talking about Cass. I mean, he was just going at her, like talking about it's calling her names and everything else. And Cass was listening. And, you know, I never understand this, like why people think that when they're sitting around the fire, the people literally 10 feet away from them can't hear them. Uh, yeah, not really the case. <laughs> so it was uh, Tasha, Cass, and Trish in the shelter, still sleeping. And, you know, Tony pointing out that they were all still in bed. Um, and I will tell you this, my personal experience, anytime people stay in bed, like all day, it's a, it's a sure sign of depression. It's a sure sign of people who feel either threatened or angry about the game or literally at their wits end. And I could tell Cass was pretty much at her wits end. She's had enough of Tony. It's very obvious. And she used that moment to discuss with the other girls in the shelter whether or not they should go after Tony. And I mean, any of any of you out there watching the show, uh, me included, I saw this as the episode where everyone should have taken the opportunity to go after Tony. And yes, at least flush out one idol. Uh, unlike Russell Hance, who can get to the end, but nobody likes him and will never vote for him to win a million dollars. I think Tony is a little bit different, despite the fact that he's been a little bit of a bully and despite the fact that he's, you know, voted off basically his own alliance several times in several blind sides, I think there's a different level of respect for him. And I'm not quite sure I can pinpoint what there what that's what that is or where it's coming from. Another thing I I definitely wanna meet Tony in person because from what I've learned over the years is no matter what you see in the show, you may have a very strong opinion of somebody, but Sometimes those opinions change drastically once you meet that person face-to-face. And there's maybe a charming side of them that you didn't get to see on the show. Or perhaps they, they're witty or entertaining on some level. And I, I, I want to believe that there's something about Tony that makes him likable, even though he's literally blindsiding people. I don't know. If you guys have seen something on the show that maybe I missed, let me know on YouTube. I want to get your comments and and hear from you and tweet me and all that good stuff at Jerry Manthe. <sighs> okay. Gosh, there's so much to get to all by myself. This is so weird. I don't have Justin interrupting me every five seconds. <laughs> That's right. I said it, Justin. Um, gosh, gosh. Um, so yeah, I didn't really hear Tony call Cass a bitch, even though she claims that I, maybe I missed it in the show. I'm not sure, but, um, I just heard him complaining about her personality and quite frankly tonight was I mean any psychologist out there who watches the show could clearly state and define that Cass's character is one of passive aggressive behavior now that kind of behavior to me is almost more damaging and and to other people than just being outright aggressive Passive-aggressive behavior is sneaky and kind of coming from a really evil, manipulative, not positive place. 
And tonight I feel like, uh, Cass just really showed her ass as far as I'm concerned. Uh, let's see. And then we get to Wu, who I gotta say, I, from the very beginning, I liked Wu and I kept waiting for him to show some personality other than the what up dude, surfing mentality dude. And tonight, or I don't even want to say tonight because that was last night, but I have to honestly say Wu really won me over in this episode when they won the challenge and uh, and did the humanitarian duty of the survivor winners. Um, but I'll get to that in a second. Let's see. So Tony says a couple of things to Cass. Uh, she, he says, I'm always thinking about you, <laughs> which in any other format would be very endearing. But uh, when he said it, he was obviously letting her know that, you know, basically, I can't help but think about you. You're always in my face. And and he made a very valid point. He said, you know, I don't care what people think of or I don't care what Cass thinks about me. I don't care what her deal is. I'm taking her to the end because I know I can beat her. And again, I think Tony, as much as I don't want to like him every week, keeps playing a very smart game where he's looking long term. He's thinking the end. He's thinking um, results for the end game, which is unlike Russell Hintz. In that way, two totally different players. Um, he's thinking about all the ways he can get to the end and win. And I got I got to hand it to him. Honestly, this episode, I was just like. All right, Tony, I if he doesn't win the million dollars, I will be so surprised because we all know with those two idols, the special idol and the normal idol, he's pretty much going to make it to the end. So it's time to just accept it, folks. If you don't want him there, he's more than likely going to be there, especially after tonight when they had their chance and they didn't take it. Now, I don't know if you guys noticed, but for most of the show, the music was so dramatic. I mean, it was like uh, looming, eerie, horror show, thriller kind of music. Like the whole whole show. Anytime Tony was on, you know, they. I remember there was a, a shot where he was eating a coconut. And Cass was like somewhere talking about Tony. And he was eating that coconut with such aggression. I mean, just like scooping it out and shoving it in his mouth and then he takes the empty coconut and he launches it into the into the palm trees and you know I wish the thing about Survivor that kind of drives me nuts is that we miss so much of what's going on out there you know don't think for a second that we see it all because you you really don't and I would love I would have loved to have been around the two of them um it was also very cool and interesting how Tasha and Spencer amidst all this chaos recognized it and they just sat back they didn't get involved even if they could have cleared you know a few of the misconceptions that either Cass or, or Tony had of each other um they just sat back and I gotta say that is probably one of the best positions to be in on survivors when other people are fighting it makes it very easy to just sit back and and just kind of you know, ride in the wake of the insanity. Uh, so I really, I really thought that Tasha and Spencer were going to do fine tonight. And um, I was very upset about the end. But 
I'm still getting over it. Um, let's see. Oh, and uh, Cass was like classic. She was in classic lawyer mode. Just throwing out the daggers in a very calm and soothing manner. And the passive aggressive, like, Tony, you are so deep in your lies. You don't even, you can't even see your way out of them. And just the things she was saying to him would make anybody pissed off. And Tony being the hothead that he was, I was, I couldn't believe he actually kept it together as well as he did. But, um, it was, it was pretty insane to watch. And I mean, I, it made me not like Cass. I'm not going to lie. I've been on the fence about her for a while, but after this episode, I was just like, ugh, I, I, I've known people like her in my life and I make it a point not to hang out with them. But I will, I will start you on a clean slate when I meet you, Cass, in person. <laughs> and I might ask you if you'd represent me in my future if I ever need a lawyer. Um, yeah, Cass points out that uh, Tony is an idiot, um, which I think... I think at this point we've all seen that's really not the case. Tony is clearly not an idiot. He knows what he's doing. And I I don't I, I don't know where Cass is coming with that other than I think she might just be a little resentful. I think she's resentful cuz she's not the one calling the shots. I I, I really can't think of any other reason. She just needs to keep her mouth shut and go along for the ride. And you know, maybe that's why she's mad cuz she's being forced into a position where she has to go along for the ride. Um, yeah, and I, I felt like tonight... Um, why do I keep saying tonight? It's dark in here. I feel like it is the night. Um, I felt like Cass and Sarah were kind of put on the same page. You know, the Cass and Sarah conflict uh, was very interesting. And now the Cass and the Tony uh, argument is very similar with Cass being the common denominator. And I'm wondering if after she watches this season, if she's going to maybe see herself a little bit differently and, and change a little bit, you know, maybe she'll see the passive aggressive side of her and, and have a change of heart with her personality. You never know. I'm not really sure what's going to happen with her, but I'm again, I'm really excited to meet her in person. Um, yeah, I wrote down, the, in capital letters, the epitome of passive aggressive. <laughs> I'm pretty sure, or I was pretty sure that Tony was going to crack. And he ended up telling everybody that he had the special idol. You know, whether people choose, chose to believe him or not, there was argument there. But I was actually very surprised that he chose to share that he had it. I, I mean, I'm guessing that nobody knows exactly what the rules are of the special idol at this point, but he let it be known that he has a normal and a special idol. Um, and it seems to me like it's a little too late for anybody to do anything to him. And I thought Tasha and Spencer were in a great place and, you know, whatever. So we cut to the reward challenge. Um, and... Gosh, I'm, I'm actually drawing a blank as to what it even was at this point because I was so excited about the actual, uh, the oh, it was, okay, hang on. It was a big puzzle of blocks. They had to knock it over with bean bags. It fell down. Then they could put it back together. And Spencer, Cass, and Wu end up winning. And I thought it was so interesting that when, <laughs> 
when Jeff announces that the reward is survive it's a survivor ambassador trip where the winners get to go to a little village and present to children in school who are living in poverty school supplies and and you know everybody's face is like oh oh that's so sweet and then Jeff says and hamburgers and hot dogs and Man, instantly, everybody went from awe to like, yeah, like suddenly there was something true and real to fight for. <laughs> Those are called survivor priorities, people. That's all, that's all that is. If it's like some good deed in a third world country or it's a meal, you can guarantee that it's going to be the meal that makes everyone excited. It's sad, but it's true. <laughs> so Spencer Kaz and Wu win the reward challenge, and we see them get in a bus and go to this really cute little village, and all these adorable kids are in school, and Wu is the first one to get excited by all the beautiful little people. He calls them beautiful little people, and uh, Spencer was not even remotely shy about letting everyone know that he doesn't like kids. Now, I don't... For a split second, I was... I was a little taken aback by that because I'm such a Go Spencer fan. I thought it was very interesting that he said on national television that he doesn't like kids. And it does make me wonder, you know, where that where that personality trait comes from. Like, did he have a bad experience as a kid? Like, what makes someone literally not like kids? Uh, but even he was touched and moved by uh, how excited the kids got when they gave them backpacks and and toys and you know immediately Wu pulls out a basketball and starts spinning it on his finger and he's just super excited to to be performing for these kids and then we cut to all the kids are in like a staging area and Wu is on a stage and at this point he's going to do a martial arts uh, show. And he starts doing all these crazy jump kicks and, you know, Spencer's holding something up. And he's like, don't worry, Spencer, I'm not going to kick you in the face, I swear. No, really. <laughs> and Spencer, you know, bravely holds the piece of whatever it was. Um, it was very obvious that Wu loves kids. And it was also very obvious that, once again, Cass was just along for the ride. You didn't really see much of her throughout this whole thing. Um I thought it would, I'd love it actually when when Survivor does these kind of rewards because it it does something to the show. It makes a little more about the human condition and it makes you it makes it feel like a, the show's a little bit more in touch with where it's being played, where this game is being played. It's it's uh I don't know. I I always get very moved by those sorts of things because generally Survivor is played on islands where there's a lot of poverty and, and you know, it, strangely enough, most of those people seem very happy. <laughs> Maybe they know something we don't know. But I just, I love the fact that it's, it kind of takes you out of the game for a second. And Cass did mention that while they were there. It it stops the game just for a brief moment. And it makes you think about where the show is. And, and you know, while you're sitting on your couch eating your bag of potato chips, yelling at the TV about this crazy game and rooting for people to backstab each other. Uh, there's a moment where 
you almost have to stop doing that and take take the time to really reflect on what's going on outside your little bubble, outside of your living room, outside of your TV set, and think about the rest of the world for a second. And that's why I love these humanitarian sort of reward challenges. Um, they bring a tear to my eye. <laughs> I'm a real softy. Don't tell anybody. <laughs> um, let's see. So, yeah, the the Spencer impression of Wu was priceless. Uh, you know, Spencer and Cass both were very uh, shocked that Wu had an actual personality, as was most of America, I'm sure, because uh, all we've really seen is the what up dude thing with Wu. And in, in this episode, we really got to see Wu as someone who connects with children and can be very entertaining and has this very showman-like side to him, which I never would have imagined. Um, let's see, Spencer. Oh, and the, okay, so Spencer and Cass, after they get done with the kids, they sit down with Wu, and they've just decided that this is going to be the moment where they try to sway Wu into voting against Tony's wishes. And it was one of the more awkward conversations that I've seen on this season. Um, it was very obvious that Wu had no idea how to think for himself. You know, I could see in his face him thinking, oh my God, where's, where's Tony? I, what, what am I supposed to do? How am I supposed to think? Where's Tony? I need someone to tell me how to think. I don't know what to do with myself. Like it was this very obvious moment where Wu was totally confused by the idea that he had this choice in a game where he's playing for a million dollars. Like all of a sudden he has this epiphany and he says, dude, yeah, well, you know, like I think this game, like eventually you're going to have to like, you know, play for yourself. <laughs> I, I about beat my pants laughing. I'm not going to lie. It was hilarious. Um, <laughs> the fact that, he, it took him this long when I, there's only six people left in the game to realize that he could actually make a move. And it could be one against Tony. And oh my gosh, I have a choice. Uh, personally, I did not think that Wu would ever flip on Tony. I, just, I couldn't see it happening. And no matter how many times he thought about it and said, I'm in, I'm in, I'm totally in. I was sitting back on my couch like, he's not going to flip. He just won't. Even though, as far as I'm concerned and my opinion on the matter, I really honestly think that this was Wu's chance to make a statement against Tony as well as to the jury that, hey, look, I've been riding around on Tony's coattails I've been doing what he tells me to do. I've been following my alliances. I've been playing a kind of not totally under the radar game. And now that I've been given this chance, I'm standing up. I'm making a move and get the res try to get the respect of the jury. I mean, he he had his chance in this episode. He had it. It was right there at his fingertips and he let it slip through his fingers. And it's unfortunate, but 
what are you going to do? It's woo, man. That's all you can say. Again, I can't wait to meet him in person. <laughs> I think I think he's a total like surfer laid back kind of guy, which is clearly showing in his gameplay. Um, so woo says he's in and I'm doubting it. I'm like, whatever. And the second they get to camp, um, Tony and Trish have already decided that if Wu doesn't bring up or if Wu denies that they talked strategy at the reward challenge or reward that he's lying, um, which I think is pretty dead on. Um, But then I think to myself, okay, maybe Wu can be a good liar. I don't know. Or maybe Wu is just going to spill the beans. There was a lot of contemplation there as to what was going to happen. Uh, but Tony is like, so how was it? And we was like, ah, oh, he's like so excited. Oh, the kids were great. And we did this and we did that. And it was awesome. And everybody's talking about Wu's performance and, and everything. And Tony, this is classic Tony right here. He says, dude, I would have just like, I would have been there. I would have been like, Hey, get out of the way, kids. I want to eat. <laughs> So his survivor priorities. I'm I'm glad that Spencer and Cass and Wu got that reward. Honestly, because that would have been really hard to watch. Like <laughs> Tony just like pushing kids out of the way, uh, just trying to get to the hamburgers and hot dogs. I mean, I, it would have made me very uncomfortable. <laughs> I don't think it would have gone quite so well. <laughs> oh my gosh. So then Wu proves he's a really bad liar. Um, pretty much Tony knows right away that he's lying because he does not admit that they talked about Tony. And I mean, it's so obvious that that's uh, what was going to be talked about. And Tony knows he's on the chopping block, a protected chopping block. Um, yeah, Wu's a bad liar. And why make up a lie about Tasha? Why would he say that Spencer and Cass decided to vote for Tasha? That's ridiculous. Uh, come on. We all know that Spencer and Tasha are tight. That was like make up a better lie. Woo. Something. I don't know. Uh, let's see. So we get to the immunity challenge. Uh, and it's all about counting and memory, which we all know is a challenge when you're hungry and haven't been sleeping very well. But I got to say, I would have sucked at that challenge. That was really tough. It was like a crazy stack of bamboo all crisscrossed and tied together. Then there was um, a crate with crabs that are walking all over each other like this and moving all over the place. A stack of bowling balls that are all like crazily stacked. Rocks, which was pretty impressive, in fact. A, a stack of rocks. Um and then, oh, and then like some kind of uh, voodoo masks or something. And I kept thinking to myself, I don't, I don't think I could have done that challenge if I had had a full meal and a decent night's sleep. Plus they're running. They had to run from the box that had all these uh, rotating wheels on them with numbers labeled with each individual item. They had to run around a flag, go to the items, count them, run back to the box, turn the wheel... And then hopefully get all the numbers right, at which point uh, the it would come unlocked. And a, a staff would come out, and then you could crack the tile disc to win. And it took, I mean, I, I know at one point they said it was 25 minutes. It seemed like a lot longer than that. And they were all winded from running in the sand. And 
none of them were doing good at all. Like it was literally anybody's game. And I just <laughs> like I couldn't get over how hard it seemed to get that one right. Um, and so it was like a back and forth, you know, it, the way they cut that made it look like it went on for hours. And by the time Spencer wins, finally somebody wins. It was almost anticlimactic because at that point it had been going on for so long and I was sure nobody was ever going to get the answers right. So Spencer wins and we all know he's going to be safe. And then I'm const, you know, I'm instantly like, oh, Tasha, Tasha, Tasha. Now, Tasha, we've all seen her be a very aggressive player throughout the season. And anytime her back was up against a wall, she came out blazing. Like both hands up, dukes out, ready to just go at it, you know. And she kept saying, I'm on Survivor. I'm ready here to play the game. You know, back in the day when it was Brains and she was on the Brains tribe and uh, the crazy poker player guy. See how funny it is that we, I don't even remember his name. It's so crazy how the early outs, you just forget. Remember, he came to camp and he basically told everyone that they were going to have a conversation about who everyone was going to vote for right in front of each other and that nobody should leave the vicinity and just wait until tribal council. And first of all, that's ludicrous, as we've said before. But Tasha was the one who, like, stood up and said, that's not playing the game of Survivor. And I am here to play the game of Survivor. And we all knew that she was that kind of player. And I think... I don't think she really thought that by not playing aggressively when everyone knew she was on the chopping block, I think that's kind of what got her in the end. I mean, I wanted to see her scramble and fight and kick and scream. And Tony, of course, being the very smart and intuitive player that he is, noticed immediately that Tasha was not scrambling. And I think we can all agree that that was, that was out of character. And so Tony, being the paranoid, crazy freak that he is, instantly knew that there was something up and he started to feel threatened. Well, again, to watch Tasha go to other people and and hope that it was going to work out, um, I saw a little bit, unfortunately, I saw a little bit of myself in her, you know, you get to the point where you fight and you kick and you scream. This is me on Heroes and Villains. And you fight and you kick and you scream the entire game and you just try. Every day is a is a second-by-second second battle to keep yourself there. And the closer you get to the end, the the more pressure there is, the more fear there is. But you get to a point where, like with her, she kind of just went, well, you know, if it happens, if it's me, it's me. Uh, and if it's, I hope it's not. I'm trying to put a, 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 a blindside in, in process here. But I, I, I just saw like her calm was kind of give up. I don't want to say that because it wasn't a, she didn't give up by any means. But it happened to me too. My The day before I could have gone to the final three, I felt the same exact almost so much pressure that you kind of go, I've tried, I've done everything I can. So now I'm just going to let the cards fall where they may. And I feel, I feel for you, Tasha. 
That's a tough one, man, because, you know, to this day, I still think, well, I could have done so much more. I could have fought and kicked and screamed. And I, I hope I hope that uh, she is OK with what happened. I mean, you kicked you kicked ass, Tasha. Seriously, you played such a great game. And I have a strange suspicion that you might be coming back to play Survivor again. And I would love to see that because she's such an amazing player, such a great challenge winner. <sighs> okay, let's see. So Tasha tries to have conversations about, you know, flushing the idol out with Tony and then voting for Trish. They're, they're trying to figure out a way to split the votes. And now Wu is, you know, still on their side. Cass, eh. Well, what made me start to worry was when Cass approached uh, Wu. And she had this sudden realization. This is when the whole Russell Hands comparison came out that... Tony was the Jersey Russell Hans and that he was a bully and he was, you know, he blindsided people in his alliance and he made people mad and all this kind of stuff. And so I saw an idea pop in her head, right? Which I think this is her fault for comparing Tony to Russell Hans because Russell, you can take to the end and he'll never win because nobody likes him. Tony is not necessarily in the same category. Um, for some reason, she chose to think that if you take Tony to the end, you can definitely beat him because nobody likes him because he's a bully. I don't think she's th seeing things clearly. Unless there's some stuff going on that we didn't get to see, maybe Tony's not getting the edit he should have gotten, meaning we're not seeing just how much of a bully he was, just how much... Uh, of an abrasive person he was towards his alliance members and whatever. Um, I would like to know more about why she felt so inclined to compare the two of them. Um, so I saw the look on Wu's face, you know, he's like, Oh, Oh yeah. Like uh, maybe dude, totally like, yeah, maybe we could beat Tony in the finals, uh, which Wu, if you think that for a second, you're blind, dude, <laughs> you are Freaking blind. If you think you can beat Tony at the final tribal council, that would, I think that would be like probably the biggest slap in the face to Survivor fans and to the show ever. Like, I've never seen anybody ride coattails to that degree and make it to the end against the person who was making the plays and win. I could be wrong there, and I'm sure if I am, those of you out there will correct me on YouTube and Twitter, and I hope you do. Um, but I don't remember ever seeing somebody that, you know, who doesn't think for themselves at all getting to the end and winning. Um, I thought it was interesting uh, as soon as the jury came in, how bitter they look. Uh, lots of faces being made in Tony's general direction. Again, um, you know, the, the jury bitter uh, idea is definitely... It's been proven several times. Uh, but I, I feel like once you get booted and you go to the Ponderosa and you have those moments with other people to vent and you get to hear everyone's full stories, um, there definitely is a moment where everyone wants to gang up on the person that got rid of them. But there's also a moment after you kind of just accept, oh, yeah, I'm playing a game 
that forces people to turn on each other, that forces people to vote each other out, that forces people to lie and deceive and manipulate. Once you accept that you signed up for a show where those are basically the day-to-day behaviors of everyone around you, you can't help but then focus on, okay, who played the best game here? Who's the person who did the best job at you know, making moves when you had to and not letting those opportunities slip through your fingers and and uh, taking advantage of every moment where there was a crack somewhere or being aware at all times of everyone around them and their who they were talking to and where they were going. And, you know, it, it's a game that literally will drive you insane. There is no doubt about that. I can attest to that. Uh, so I'm hoping that these bitter jury faces that we keep seeing every week, I hope that they get to a point where they can make a, a very honest decision based on who played the best game. That's what you always hope for when you watch Survivor, isn't it? You're like, oh, come on, you guys. Just let go of your hate and pick the person who actually played the best game, uh, which means socially as well as strategically. Uh the social part is very, very important. I think it's sometimes the most important part of Survivor. My two cents. Um, I think Justin and Ryan would agree with that. Um, let's see. So Trish is just, she's believing everything Tony says. I, she's almost kind of like faded into nothing. She was actually making some really powerful moves herself and, and strategizing and, and making a lot of sense. But now it just feels like she just kind of like, Riding along with Tony. It's like everybody's just hanging on to Tony, hoping that he chooses them at the end. It's not a proactive game you guys are playing right now. It's kind of boring to watch. I was hoping tonight there would be a little uh, little mix-up and a little bit standing up for yourself kind of actions going on. And it just it just didn't, didn't work. Wu says he's sticking to the plan. Tribal Council. Everybody's wondering what's that plan. Because at this point there's like three plans going on. And Tony, I don't know if you guys noticed, was actually nervous for the very first time. He was rocking back and forth at tribal council the entire night, just like back and forth, back and forth. He, even though he's totally safe, he's got two idols, he still was rocking back and forth. Like, I I think he's starting to feel the pressure. I think he's getting ready to crack. So, um, there's a discussion about his bag of tricks, Tony's bag of tricks. And, you know, everyone is pretty much like, look, we know Tony's got the idol and we know he's got the special idol, which they don't know what the rules are. Um, Again, this would have been the most opportune time and the last time, in fact, to flush out at least one of those idols. So after the debate over who was going to go and Tasha's trying to convince everyone to keep her and trying to convince everyone that there should be a blind side, that there needs to be a blind side, you guys, wake up. Come on. Like Tasha was trying so hard to convince you guys. The vote occurs. And Jeff says, does anyone have an idol they would like to play? Everyone looks at Tony. And he doesn't play it. He is so sure that his alliance is not going to flip on him that he doesn't play his one of two idols. Not even for, like, just the sake of playing it to play it. 
I mean, I'm pretty sure that guy is going to go home at the end of this game with a million-dollar check and two idols in his pocket. Mark my words. Because there, that is just insane. Like, he should have had to have fleshed out that idol. Period. It was horrible. Horrible that you guys didn't make him do that. <sighs> so, that was it. The vote happens. No idols played. And Tasha goes home. I personally was so bummed. And I wanted to give her a hug so bad. But, you know, you can't really do that from your living room. But I'm giving you a hug through through cyberspace. Tasha, I love you. I loved your game. I'm so glad you were there. I know we're going to see you again. And I am looking forward to your jury question or your uh, your final tribal council question. And I actually would like to see you turn your question on the jury and ask everyone sitting there why they didn't have the balls to vote for Tony. Because I'm pretty sure you're going to vote for Tony to win. That's just what I think. Nobody's going to vote for Cass. Let me just say that. Um, so that's the end of the episode. And then we see the preview for next week. And Chaos Cast is at it again. That's right, people. Next week, we get to see more of the passive-aggressive cast being aggressive. <laughs> that woman is not happy until she is stirring up a bunch of crap. Uh, so that's what we have to look forward to next week. <sighs> Did I breathe this whole thing? I swear to God. Look, I just want to say thanks for tuning in, you guys. You can find me at Twitter on at JerryManthe or go to JerryManthe.com for everything Jerry. And check out my jewelry line on Jewelry by Jerry. I got some new rings, people. Love you. See you soon. Go to YouTube. Comment. Justin, I miss you. (laughs) From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 